What's up, everybody, and welcome back to the Verzi Effect podcast show. My name is Paul Verzi, and today is Thursday, December 26th, 2019, and you guys are listening to episode 429. Hope everybody is doing well, and I hope everybody had a very, very Merry Christmas uh, yesterday. Uh, doing the podcast today on Thursday because uh, obviously I'm not going to do it Wednesday on Christmas. Obviously, I'm not going to do it on Christmas Eve when everybody's getting together. And I just figured Monday, um, everybody's shopping and getting ready for the holiday. So I said, you know what? We'll put this out, um, you know, early on Thursday after everybody's Christmas. People are probably sitting around in their uh, in their pajamas, uh, which we did. My wife buys every year. My wife buys us all. Um, pajamas that we wear Christmas Eve into Christmas and we all match as a family and um, I know what you're saying oh Paul really is that is that cool yes it is it is cool you know family having dickheads yes it is don't hate on me because I do some adorable shit okay that you wish you could do and that just goes for the people without families um but no I hope everybody's doing good and everybody got what they wanted this year we did it a little different um me and my wife, I was like, listen, I'm not, you don't need any more bags. Okay. You don't need any more bags. You don't need any more boots. You don't need any more coats. So, um, yeah, I got my wife, uh, really good seats, good tickets to a Broadway play. Um, and, uh, and just like some things that she needs. And we're like, you know what, instead of doing the same shit that we do, where we spend a ton of money on each other for things that we could easily buy ourselves during the year, Let's either plan a vacation or do something where we go out and we're active and we do something like that. Buy a gift like that. Last year, I got our tickets to Ed Sheeran. This year, a Broadway play. And um, things like that are just better. I mean, there's only so many socks you could put in a fucking stocking. You know what I mean? Uh, But it was great. We've had a great, um, we had a great Christmas Eve. I went to the mall. I did not do the Amazon thing. Guys, I've not one time done Amazon. All right, I don't want to sound like a broken record here on 429, but, I mean, nothing says I could give a fuck less than, um, (laughs) or or I give a fuck more, I should say, actually, than just going and pointing and clicking and waiting for a box to show up to the house. I go, okay, I go front lines like a soldier, okay, infantry. First line, first line of defense, taking casualties, go in, you know, walk around the mall with the pack of animals that's out there, go into stores, do the whole thing, get hungry, stand in line at Chick-fil-A, all right, by myself, spending four or five hours in the mall by myself, thinking of people, what they would want, going into stores, um, certain people really, really rude in the stores, all right, um, this one lady, though, was a riot, this older woman, so I'll tell you guys this, it's the Verzi effect. By the way, I want to thank everybody who listened to my last Patreon, um, last Patreon, and I did a, a tribute to the late, great uh, Angelo Lozada, who I love, and it was a really tough time. Uh, may he rest in peace, he's a great friend, and uh, I love Angelo, and we lost him to cancer, but he's just, I mean, his legacy, what he was in a New York City comedy community and everywhere, and opening all over the world for Trevor Noah, just a great guy, and um, 
you'll be dearly, dearly missed. But um, check that out, and um, I know I was going to, I told you guys I'm keeping the Patreon and focusing on the Verzi effect. Going to have a big Verzi effect here, the biggest ever, ever is going to be in 2020 with guests, live shows, and all that stuff, and we're just going to build this thing up. And by the way, the Verzi effect got almost 200,000, almost 200,000 um, feed hits and live stream hits Um in October and close to that same thing in November. So uh, thank you guys so much for that. All right. But um, I was looking at my wife, like there were certain like underwear that my wife wanted, you know, uh, sexy. I don't know. Maybe I'm not going to start talking about brands or what they look like, but they were, they were nice and uh, a little pricey and they were some of my wife's favorites so my wife just said hey like if there is a list and there's because I said you know let me know some of the things you want so anyway she gives me this list of underwear and it's hilarious I literally go into Victoria's Secret and I'm like asking for this brand and the brand name is hilarious and I'm like looking around underwear and there's just like lace and g-string and thongs and like just picture me you know, in like Nikes and <laughs> I was like in Nikes and sweatpants, you know, I'm going to the mall comfortable. If I'm going to be there for four or five hours, who am I trying to impress at a mall? All right. I'm going to eat at a fucking food court and, um, I'm going shopping. So I'm sitting in there and, um, I'm just looking around and I'm, I'm, I'm just going, I said, excuse me, you know, do you have like these underwear? And she's like, no, we don't carry those here. So, um, the only other place I would have carried them would be like a, like a Lord and Taylor or a Bloomingdale's. So I go in and there was this older woman working the register of Bloomingdale's with three other women and they're scrambling and they're all older. I would say probably, I would say like almost 70, mid, mid to late sixties, you could tell. And one is going... And this lady was a riot. She was just old school. Like to me, she looked Irish, old school. And she's going, I'm just going to use the make up a name because I can't remember the name. But she's going, Janet, why would you have me use this one if it's not working? Ah, and she's chewing her gum. I mean, it was like a sitcom character. She's chewing her gum, rolling her eyes. Janet, why would you make, all right, come here, son. Let's try to do it here, Okay. So then I put up five underwear that are kind of like lacy and sexy, and I'm just holding them. I look like such a creep. Picture me in a jacket, sweatpants, Nikes, just holding a fistful of like lace fucking thongs. And (laughs) And I'm just standing there. But my wife wants them. I don't care, you know. And uh, oh, my God, she was going, oh, so. You got some expensive taste, huh? These are sexy. These are adorable. And with a line of people behind me, she's like putting them up in the air, looking at them. Look at this color. Wow. And then she would like look at this color because I bought like all different colors, you know, um, of the underwear. And she's like, these are expensive. I got to get my husband to buy some of these. And then there's a guy here and she says something like... um, she said something and I said a joke. I go, what did she say? She goes, I don't know if these look good on me. And I go, yeah, me neither. And she laughed and she goes, ah, you're great. This and that. And she just starts talking. And then all of a sudden the machine doesn't work. And she goes, 
Janice, why would you have me use this one? And then, like, they start rolling each other's out, you know, and they're joking. And then, but then she was nice to her. She goes, yeah, I'm going to tell Gary to get me some of these. Huh? And then she starts laughing. She's chewing her gum. And then she goes, and I made the mistake. I don't know why. She goes, you got to laugh in life, right? You just got to laugh to enjoy things. And I go, yeah, tell me about it, you know? And, like, out of nowhere, I go, you know, that that's what I do. And she goes, what do you mean? And I was like, yeah, no, you do have to laugh. I was like, I, I, that's what I do. And she goes, what do you mean that's what you do? I go, I'm, I'm actually a comedian, and I shouldn't have said that. I just got caught because the way she said it, she looked at me in my eyes and goes, you got to laugh, right? In life, you got to laugh. And it just hit me. like. But And she goes, you're a comedian? No, seriously, you're a comedian? And there's a line behind me. And she goes, all right, make me laugh. You got to say something. You got to give me something, comedian. You got to get... And I go, I, I thought I just said a line before that you laughed. And I was like, nah, come on. And she's like, no, you're a comedian? No, seriously. And everybody starts looking at me now. And I have all these underwear in front of me. It was one of the most bizarre. All I wanted to do was get out of there. I'm not even joking around. All right. I got all of these panties in front of me, these lacy, sexy panties. I got this older Irish woman who's a riot, chewing gum loud, looking at me, going, be a comedian in front of me. Give me something, comedian. And I'm going, I, and then I finally go, ma'am, you know what? I do. You have money? Okay. I do it for money. And then finally I go, I'm not a comedian. She goes, no, seriously, are you? And I go, yes, I am, but I'm not going to. And finally it was over. And the guy next to me felt my pain. But this lady was a rip. But holy shit, that was an awkward awkward thing and then she goes I'm gonna get I'm gonna I'm gonna wear these these are cute and now like everyone's got this visual of this like 70 year old woman wearing like these you know blue lace g-string you know what I mean I, I don't know her ass probably left her in her in her 40s and uh and now she's gonna be having this thing so I'm just picturing this I'm just I just want to I just want to leave okay <laughs> I just want to fucking I just want to leave um, so I, I get out of there. Uh, thank God. I got out of there. Thank God. And, um, and, but, but she was a lot of fun and it was really cool to like, just talk to an old school woman. And like, if there was any, I mean, this is how I know that there's something when you, this is how you know there's something else in this life when you die or spiritual, because there was no other woman in the world that I was going to buy those panties from other than this woman. If you would have saw how it happened, how it went down, because it went from like me hoping somebody was just going to be quick with it and kind of, I guess, discreet, nonchalant, just get these panties in a bag, give me my receipt and let me get the hell out of here to like, oh, look at these, putting them up in the air. And it's like, of course that has to happen to me. Of course that has to happen with a big line in Lord and Taylor when I'm standing there in sweatpants, you know, looking like I should be sitting outside the mall with a Dixie cup, my head down and a fisherman hat on while people are throwing dollar bills into it. And of course it had to happen that way. And that's why I go, not only is this embarrassing and uncomfortable, but it is absolutely perfect. Okay, now I know what you're thinking. Paul, you're doing a holiday podcast. You're doing a podcast the day after Christmas. The unacceptable must be something in the mall, must be somebody shopping. And listen, although there were, uh, there was just, it was plentiful, the amount of animals. Okay, there was definitely a surplus of animals that I could sit here and talk about and I could do a typical unacceptable like I would do on the podcast, um, being in the mall and shopping for Christmas. But no, this unacceptable is actually 
um, scary, but hopefully everything has worked out now. Um, we have a dinner party the other night. My buddy Sal, okay, um, my buddy Sal, his wife, my friend uh, Giannis, uh, his wife, my buddy Chrissy D. You guys know Giannis and Chrissy D, History Iena's podcast, both fantastic comedians, um, dear friends. We just a couple people, couples. It was a nice, it was a nice little um, dinner that we had on Saturday. And, um, so we're having this great time. And later that night, my wife gets a text saying that a house not far from ours got their car broken into. Somebody went into the car and started rummaging through the car. Then we find out that another neighbor, a guy's rummaging through the car. Apparently the guy was going for cars that weren't that close to the house, but maybe up on the driveways or whatever. So that's a little unsettling considering, uh, considering, That's a tongue twister. Settling, consider. It was a little unsettling considering I have two little ones. We live in a nice neighborhood. You know, we're here in the suburbs. Obviously, that doesn't mean things can't happen. But, you know, around the holidays, you find out somebody's going through, uh, you know, cars. So I'm in the, my neighbor's a cop. And then there's a cop across the street. There's firemen. I mean, we're just surrounded by, by people that are helpful and know people and law enforcement, all that stuff. So I'm in the mall. And uh, I did something. By the way, there you can go and give like five dollars to these people that send it to a charity, and they'll wrap your gifts. So my wife made me get. My wife is obsessed with Nutcrackers. If you come to my house on Christmas, you're gonna be like, I never seen. My wife can start a Nutcracker store tomorrow. I mean, she's just Nutcracker after Nutcracker. This one colors. I mean, I'm buying. I'm buying. I'm buying Nutcrackers every year. Okay, if you constantly. So it was a big box. It was a big one. So I get it. Um, I start to get it professionally wrapped, and somebody taps me on the shoulder, and it's my neighbor who's a cop. He goes, "Hey, Paul, what's going on?" He goes, "Did you hear about what happened?" I said, "Yeah." And uh, he goes, "Listen," he goes, "I'm going to be out watching. This guy's the best." He's like, "I'll be out there watching. It's not going to happen again." Blah blah blah. And I'm just thinking, yeah, is it is it a couple of like teenage kids from the neighborhood being cute? Is it like, you know, cause when you're young, you do juvenile delinquent shit to impress a friend or, Hey, go see what's it, you know, like stuff like that. I mean, I know I love how I'm saying that to you guys. Like, of course I did bad shit when I was young and I love how I'm saying it to you. Like, Hey, you know how everybody does that. You know, how everybody commits armed robbery as a little bit of fun. You know, it's a goof, you know, you go into a bank, you put a gun to a you know, a teller's head, you say, give me all the fucking money or I'm going to rearrange this place with your brains. You know, it's a joke. It's a goof. (laughs) So, so I'm thinking it might be kids. I'm thinking, you know, whatever. So the guy actually goes, no, he actually kind of, somebody's ring, somebody's ring camera tracked it down. And the ring camera found the car with the license plate. Um, and uh, apparently it's like not in New York. It's on the border of Connecticut. This 40-year-old man, they don't have a name or anything. This 40-year-old man, okay, is just drove over state lines or whatever. Or, I mean, we're, you know, New York to Connecticut's not really far. But, and he just was going. So they don't know if he knew somebody in the neighborhood or what, but he's rummaging through cars. The good thing is they know the guy. They probably got the guy by now because they had the license plate and all that stuff. But you want to talk about unacceptable. A 40-year-old man going into going into these residential neighborhoods, okay? It doesn't even matter what kind of neighborhood. A 40-year-old man 
is parking his car and walking around all hours of the night, 2 o'clock, 3 o'clock in the morning, rummaging through people's cars around the holidays. What is your life? And here's the funny thing. The guy obviously has a car because I got his license plate. He drove himself there. So it's like things aren't that bad where you're like, you know what? I'm going to get in my car and start rummaging through other people's cars. Oh, by the way, I'm a 40-year-old man. Uh, Absolutely unacceptable. Scary. And uh, the nice thing is my dog is such a lunatic. That shit's not happening here. Okay, because I'll tell you right now, even though he'd be inside, if somebody even approached, and and our cars are by our window anyway, like right there, if this dude even approached, I mean, fucking Lloyd would probably jump through our window. Just He would probably just pull a, he would, if he heard somebody going through the doors and knew we were all in the house, he would probably just cannon pull himself through the window and just eat the guy. He would probably just shred the guy apart. So I'm, you know, I'm not worried about it, but, um, Absolutely unacceptable and scary around the holidays to know that that's going on. So that is the unacceptable that I have for the week. Now, let's go to see what you guys have to say um, for this week. I'll just do a couple here and then we will get into... um, Oh man, I saw a documentary. I saw a documentary on Netflix that was disturbing that I have to talk about. I don't know if you guys saw it. Um, We're going to definitely talk about that, but it's one that's uh, pretty wild. So um, we'll, we'll, we'll discuss that. A uh, couple things with sports. And, um, and then we will get out of here. So here we go. Justin says, Justin's uh, subject is Boston. He said, Paul, <laughs> hey Paul, in 428 you said that Magoobies was right outside of Boston. You cannot imagine the outrage I felt to hear my beloved city of Baltimore be confused <laughs> with that cesspool up north. Love your show and comedy, bud, and we'll be at your Magoobies Day. Thank you, Justin, and I'm sorry for the slip-up, and thank you for calling me out on it. Uh, (laughs) See, man, it's so funny how people rep where they're from. It's like, listen, we're Baltimore, bud, okay? So don't mix Baltimore near Boston. It's just that pride shit. I'm sorry, Justin, it will not happen again, but thank you for listening. Um, Confused with that cesspool up north. Uh, thank you. Moving on. Bingo. Okay. Bingo's got one. I don't know if we've heard from Bingo before, but, uh, here we go. And I appreciate the write-in here. This says elevator etiquette. Is this unacceptable? It's a question. Here we go. From Bingo. Hi, Paul. Hopefully I got the right email. Well, yes, you do. I've had a couple of incidences recently in my building where I've asked a couple of people where they are from with bad results. Just curious and making conversation. Um, I do that too. And it's funny how you get bit in the ass. I'm doing a bit about that. Where you just you just want a quick, nice, hey, how you doing? And then things go awry. Here we go. To paint a picture, I live in a building where most of the people are from a different country. Uh, one time I asked this Asian guy uh, who, was with, uh, who was with a friend where he was from. He seemed insulted by this, but did reply, I'm from China. I said, uh, I thought you were from Taiwan. Not sure why. <laughs> I got to be honest, bingo right there is hilarious, but we'll get into it. I'll finish reading. It just popped into my head. Oh my God, that's fucking hilarious. Um, this comment seemed to upset him. And then his friend said, we're from the planet Earth. Where are you from? Oh boy. Uh, another time I asked this guy. <laughs> I thought you were from. 
Hold on. I got to break this down. This is hilarious. All right. I've said things and blurted things out before, but this one is absolutely hilarious. You see an Asian guy and his friend and you go, where are you from? Oh my God. He says, I'm from China. And then you said, I thought you were from Taiwan. Literally zero reason to say that. Taiwan is just funny that you like, it's because it's not even like you said Japan or Korea or Vietnam. You said Taiwan. And then I love how you just write, not sure why. It just popped in my head. And then they said, I'm from, we're from planet Earth. Where are you from? Oh my God. That should be in a comedy movie. That is hilarious. Uh, on to the next one. The comments seem to upset. Oh yeah. So another time I asked this guy who seemed like he was from France. I love how you just assume. He he seemed pissed off too. He said, I don't have time to answer you, but Merry Christmas. Then he got off the elevator without talking further. What the fuck, dude? It would have been quicker to say France. What's your position on this? Unacceptable or not? Maybe it's me or maybe I've uh, broken the rule don't speak to people in elevators. Cheers and Merry Christmas. All right. So I got a couple of things here. I'm not going to lie to you. And by the way, I appreciate you writing in. I appreciate you listening to the show. I really do. Something tells me it might be you. And here's why. Okay. <laughs> here's why. You definitely seem nice. But when they said I'm from China, you should have just left it alone and been like, oh, cool. Or. You know, because if you're just saying to somebody, hey, man, where are you guys from? That's not bad. But you, it also says, um, hold on, one time I asked this, guy, asked this guy where he was from. There's nothing wrong with that. He says China. Then you say, I thought you were from Taiwan. That's a weird thing. There really is no reason to say that. So I don't know if you're looking for a, I don't know if you're looking for a, you know, a reaction. But that would be like... I don't know how to say this. If I was on the thing and somebody said, oh, where are you from? And I go, well, I'm from America, but my, you know, I'm Greek and Sicilian. And then they go, oh, I thought you were Puerto Rican. I would just kind of be like, uh, like, all right. Like that, 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 that last or next comment is definitely unnecessary. But here's, here's where I think the problem is you. Okay. Then you wrote this. Another time I asked this guy who seemed like he was from France. See, you don't know. That would be like me just seeing somebody with dark skin or, or something and assuming they're from either South America or they're from Africa, like just assuming it and then asking where or whatever. So um, seemed like he was from France, but I don't know, you know, did he have a fucking beret on his head? I don't, I don't know. I don't know. Did he have a black and white striped shirt, uh, horizontal? I don't know, but he seemed pissed off. Okay. So maybe he was French. Uh, I don't have time to answer. Now, it seems like it, you are a friendly person. You are somebody that definitely likes to, you know, have small talk. You don't want it to be weird in the elevator. I get that. I'm kind of like that too. Or if somebody comes on the elevator with me, I'll smile. You ever have that though, where you smile? The nice thing is I could always, with all the traveling I do, hotels that I'm in, I, I'm in elevators a lot. And when I'm in the elevator, I'll give a smile and I could just immediately tell when somebody just stands far back in the elevator and looks up at the lights and then looks at their phone, you just don't talk to them. 
okay? If they come in, they smile back at you, and they kind of are looking around, that might be somebody that wants to engage a little bit in some sort of conversation. But if you say something and their reaction is quick, you know. If their reaction is, oh, tell me about it. Like, I've been in a casino. I'll be like, hey, how you doing? And they're like, oof, man, rough night. I'm losing my shirt. Then you start having a conversation. If you just go in and they smile and they're just like, yeah, hey, you know, just to shut up. Um, but I'm going to say half and half. I'm going to say your niceness gets you into trouble, but I think you go a little much with your assumptions, which I think is hilarious. Thank you so much for listening and thank you for the, uh, thank you for the, uh, well wishes. And I hope you have a great new year and all that too. Um, so thank you. Bingo. All right. So there you go, guys. I got to talk about this documentary here. Okay, by the way, I'm, I'm going to have a guest on the show. I don't know if it's not going to be a live one yet, but I will do a live one. Um, but I'm going to have a guest on the show soon. Um, been flying solo for a while, which is great, but it's always good to have a uh, to have somebody else on here to chop up, uh, chop shit up, chop shit up with. Here we go. I was watching. I watched, I should say, um, Don't Fuck With Cats on Netflix. Okay. Now, there's really not much funny I can get from this. There's nothing I can say while I talk about this that's going to make you I mean, this was so disturbing. I mean, maybe a laugh just because the guy was so out of his mind. Um but it has to do with animals. So I'm going to try to give you guys the gist of it. Um if you fast forward the podcast if you don't want to hear it's kind of a, not really a spoiler alert, but it's, it's. I mean, I'm sure by now you've either heard somebody talk about it or you've seen it, but I was getting all these text messages to watch this thing, and um, apparently this dude, like 2012, I believe, he had like a disguise on or a wig and a hoodie, and uh, again, I'm going to say some things that are upsetting, so I'm just going to give fair warning. Um if you have little kids around, I'm not even, this is actually not even a joke. If you have little kids around or there's younger people here, uh, I mean, younger people around listening to this podcast right now, my suggestion is um, you either listen later or have them exit the room because uh, this is some disturbing shit that I'm going to say. Okay? All jokes, I'm, I'm actually being dead serious. Okay, animal cruelty is involved in probably the most brutal way. Ugh, I just got the chills. So, this video gets made by this guy, and um, he's with two kittens, and eventually he puts these two kittens in one of those, like, vacuum-type bags and suffocates them to death. Luckily, you don't see it. You just see him holding the kittens, and then you see this plastic bag there, and then it cuts away, and then, you know, people watching it are absolutely horrified, and it's awful, and you don't know if it's real or not. And then the fucking guy in another video is like playing with the dead kittens that are like stuck in that position they died in. It's fucking awful, dude. And I'm sitting there and I'm going, who's telling me to watch this? Why? But then it gets, then it turns into a true crime whodunit and then finding out who did it and then tracking him down. And it was a Facebook group who love animals and they're like, what's this? No way you're getting away with this. All right. Um... And then he did something else to a cat with a snake. I'm not even... It was just this dude, you know, and he found out it was this model, this, like, Italian skinny model, and he was 
I mean, the guy was out of his mind. He was, I don't even mention, I'm not even going to mention his name because I don't even want to give, I'm not even joking. I don't even want to give, I mean, I know it's on Netflix, but I I don't even want to give this guy popularity. All this guy wanted was that. But then these people were watching it and they're going, wait a minute. It starts with animals. This guy's going to be a serial killer and this guy's going to kill somebody. And they're trying to find him and they're looking at the video and they're looking at where it was and then they track him to Canada and they do this and that. And then they think he's in Montreal or he was. And then um, I guess I just say, you know, long story short, I guess he ends up bringing some dude to his apartment and on on camera looks to be what he he's killing him. He tied the guy up and they're having sex or doing whatever and then he stabs the guy to death. He just keeps stabbing him, stabbing him and the surveillance camera has this guy putting like bags of blood and all this stuff in the thing and they're, they're tracking him and they find out that he wasn't in Montreal's, there wasn't a body found but all of a sudden in Toronto there's a body found that's dismembered with multiple stab wounds to the torso. And then they realize he left and then he's in Paris and he's in France and they're literally tracking him and it was all because of this Facebook group and then started to contact the police and then they had realized from the cats and all this stuff that they have this murderer on their hands and this is going to keep happening and this individual is sick and has disguises and finding him and all this stuff and um, guys, um, it was one of the most fascinating, disturbing, sick twisted and I, I want you know I want you guys to see it too so I'm not going to give like the the ending away but even at the ending you're like what and it really is amazing how um premeditated sick psychotic and calculated this individual was and if you saw them on the street you would be like there's absolutely no way in the world that this person could do these things, um, and uh, yeah, it was really, and I gotta be honest, I, like I was talking to my brother who saw it, he wanted to break down and cry, um, you know, and it's just brutal, so if you love true crime though, and you love sick, twisted shit, um, and you love who done it, and it happened a long time ago, so obviously there is an outcome to it, so it's not, it's not gonna leave you hanging, but um, yeah, it's on Netflix and it's called Don't Fuck With Cats and as much as I hate to as much as I hate to say this because of the disturbing actions that were um that took place in this documentary, I have to say that it does get the Verzi effect approval as far as your um viewing pleasure and entertainment purposes. I'd have to say that it does because um it was only I think it's a doc it's a short docu series. I think it's only 3. I think it's only 3 episodes of about 50 minutes. So you're done in an hour, uh, you're done an hour each episode, three hours total. And, uh, holy shit, what people are capable of and what people are capable of that you don't think that that individual would be capable of it. And you would just, you're going to just be, it's really, really alarming and kudos to the people on the internet who you actually do see talking to, um, who actually helped in, um, in, in this in this case and brought awareness and and got police involved and made police so definitely check it out don't fuck with cats um and then there was another documentary i saw which i really didn't need to see and i'm going to actually go as far as to say 
Um, it is entertaining, but it, it's it's called uh, Tell Me Who I Am. And it's about two identical twin brothers. And this twin brother, when I believe they might have been, I don't know, 15, something like that, when they were young, young, one of the identical twins gets into a motorcycle accident, wakes up, doesn't know his name, doesn't know anybody, doesn't know who his mother is, doesn't know anything that happened in his past at all. And the only thing that re- he recognizes or is familiar to him is his identical twin brother. And then he goes home and uh, a dark, dark secret comes out of what happened in the family, which he didn't remember. And the brother who didn't get into the accident tried to keep from him to protect his mind and memory from not having the horrible, traumatic things that happened. And it was it was fascinating and disturbing and really, really sad and somewhat satisfying, but really fucked up. I'm not going to lie, man. Things on Netflix right now are starting to be like... What are you doing? Like, I don't want to sit there at night. I'm all for a whodunit, but I don't want to sit there at night and feel like I'm going to break down crying. Okay. I I literally, I just wanted to call my brother and be like, dude, I'm driving to your house in Connecticut right now. I just want to hug you and cry in your arms. I kind of don't want to do that. Like I'm all for a good movie. (laughs) I'm all for a good story. And I'm all for even true crime. And like I said, that don't fuck with cats thing was really disturbing. But you know what? It's fascinating stuff. And if you're into that, I would say watch it. But some of these things are just heartbreaking. And and the one thing I got from it is what the human being, what a human being is really capable of in their worst, darkest hour or if they're psychologically and just chemically just wrong and different like these serial killers or whatever, um, what somebody can do without compassion is wild to me. It really is. All right? I hit a fucking chipmunk on the road the other day. Okay? And he just... I think I killed it. I'm pretty sure. I mean... And there's nothing I could do. And I almost... I'm going to tell you something right now. I almost flew... My my Lexus off the road once to 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 save a squirrel. Okay, now I live I live in the woods. I'm not going to say where I live because obviously I don't want to do that publicly. But I live in the woods, farm country living. Okay, and I um, we border a lot of towns that are you know we, where we are. Everywhere is in the woods, so it doesn't matter what town. We're just in. We're, we're basically wildlife should be if humans didn't just start knocking shit over and making houses and residencies and stuff like that many, many years ago. Okay, so I got foxes jumping out at me. I got fucking squirrels jumping out at me. I got, you know, we see deer like they're squirrels. I mean, everything. And I hit one of these things, you know, driving. As everybody's, I'm sure, either hit something in their life. And I feel horrible. Like, I hit this chipmunk like whatever months ago and this you know small little chipmunk came out was just literally just like like a suicide mission it was like my deer bit it's like he was waiting like he just got into a fight in his little hole and he just said you know what i can't take this anymore next car that comes down i'm out of here that's like how he he just just lunt he just threw you know flew right out there okay and um so i hit this thing and i feel horrible and then for somebody to be able to suffocate a cat for somebody to be able to, you know, he did something with a knife with a dog. I don't want to get, but for somebody to do those things and be like, and go to lunch, that's a really, you know, 
That's a fucking, like, I, I can't sit in a tree stand with a rifle for eight hours and, and blow a deer's brains out to, to eat some venison meat, which is not that good. I got to be honest with you, it's not that good. It's just not that good. You know what I mean? Everybody talks shit about Venice. Oh, you have any Venice? Oh, we do it for the food. Really? Go to fucking Mobile and get beef jerky, dickhead. Like, do you have to? I, that's, I'm not trying to be a dick here. I know people hunt. And I know it's for the But at least say it's kind of for the game. Just let, can we just be honest and say it's for the gaming? That's what it is. It's for the gaming. Okay? Nobody's going, oh my God, I'm starving. You know what? No, forget that brisket or prime rib that I could have. Fuck that. You know what? I'm going to go stand in a tree with a rifle for nine hours so I could get some deer meat. It's like, come on. It's part of the hunt. I get it that they're overpopulated and you're doing some of them a favor. I get all that. I'm not trying to be anti-hunting here. It's just not something I could do. But you can't sit here and tell me that that's better than going to an unbelievable steakhouse and getting a piece of filet. You just can't. Okay? Go get a fucking Slim Jim and a Snapple from your nearest gas station and call it a day. So, I don't I don't know how people have it in them. I don't know how you can hurt an animal. I don't know how you could hurt an animal. You know, even when you see those people that, like, don't kill animals, but even when you see them be rude, yeah, even when somebody's rude to an animal, I would much rather you grab a human being by the throat and smack him in the face than, like, even shove a dog with your foot and I'm not talking about, I mean, look, the dog's attacking you, going to bite you. I'm not talking about that. I'm not talking about defending yourself from an animal. I'm talking about, like, being cruel to a sweet animal. I just, that is some shit that is just, those people should be wiped off the face of the earth. I truly believe that. And I love the fact, say what you want about Donald Trump. This is not a political statement. I love the fact. And you know what? If you don't like this just because you don't like Donald Trump, you're a piece of shit. The fact that Donald Trump made... Uh, cruelty to dogs of federal crime is fantastic. And nobody could say, of course, nobody said anything about that because everybody hates the guy. And I get it. The guy said some wild shit, but you got to like that. That I like because that, that is, that's a fantastic rule and law to have now in, in this country is that if you treat an animal or a dog abusively, you can be, um, you could be, what's it called? You could get a, it's a felony. You could be charged with a felony, which is fantastic. Um, all right. I have to talk also about, I uh, have to talk about Eddie Murphy, my hero on Saturday Night Live. Okay. Um, I don't know if we're going to get to sports. There's not much going on in sports. Next week, I will do a playoff, NFL playoff preview. Maybe, um, yeah, we'll do a playoff preview next week going into Wild Card Weekend and all that stuff. My picks for the NFL are still in. Uh, I had, you know, before the year, I had the New England Patriots. And people, oh, well, you know, it's ridiculous to pick before the season starts. It's just a crapshoot. Okay, maybe it is. But I did pick Aaron Rodgers. I thought Aaron Rodgers was going to win MVP this year. And that's why when me and my son did a father-son um, fantasy football league together against other fathers and sons in our area in his school, which is something we do every year. I picked Aaron Rodgers first, which a lot of people are like, why would, why would you do that? The reason why is I thought he was going to have like a Patrick Mahomes type of year last year or like a, um, Lamar Jackson year this year. Um, I did pick Aaron Rodgers and I said, I think the Packers are going to go because of that. And also, um, also the Patriots, and the Patriots, just because it just seemed fitting. No Gronkowski. Everybody said they're going to need help. 
and um, Brady's last dance, maybe. And, you know, he's been there 9 out of 18 years. So I just said, you know what? Give him another shot, Patriots and Packers. That still could happen, but I think there's so much in the NFC with the Saints, with the 49ers, with the Seahawks. And in the AFC, you have the um, Ravens, Chiefs, and um, Patriots. So we'll, we will see, but I'll do a preview with that. Um, Knicks are bad, but I still love watching them, and I just hope for a big uh, either free agent or trade because I'm delusional and I'm going to be until they win. So that's pretty much uh, all I all I have on sports. Eddie Murphy, guys, uh, hosted Saturday Night Live for the first time and like whatever he was back there for the first time. I mean, I know he was there for the 40th, but he just said hi. But 35 years, uh, Eddie Murphy comes back, and I'm not going to lie, I thought he absolutely nailed it. I really did. I thought he nailed it. I thought it was hilarious. Um, the only thing, what I, I'm going to be honest with this, what I didn't like is I really didn't like Chris Rock, Dave Chappelle, and Tracy Morgan coming out with them. I really didn't. Uh, Eddie is a generation or two above those guys, and I know those guys are legends, so I'm not saying it to be disrespectful. I'm saying I would have just liked a whole Eddie monologue. Um, the joke that I loved the most was um, the way... He did a callback joke to Raw and Bill Cosby, where he basically in Raw said, Bill Cosby's calling him up saying, as a comedian, you cannot say fuck, you cannot curse, what are you doing? And he just gave the greatest, like, fuck you, like, who's America's dad now? You know, and then, uh, you know, Bill Cosby's publicist says he's a Hollywood slave. And it's like, what are you talking about? He's been home sitting on the couch with his 10 kids you know, or nine kids at the time. Now he's got 10. But what are you talking about? No, fuck that. Bill Cosby was an asshole to him his whole career. And Bill Cosby talked shit about how good he was doing and couldn't handle the fact that he was getting what he was getting so young and cursing. And just because Bill Cosby didn't do it that way, he criticized. And I know other people that uh, have met Bill Cosby and said he was a, nothing but a fucking control freak asshole on multiple occasions, in front of, in, including dear friends of mine, Okay. So you know what? Fuck Bill Cosby's publicist or fuck Bill Cosby too, all right? You want to rape women for 30 years, drug them and rape them, and you're going to tell somebody to stop saying the word fuck on stage, you know? Fuck you. I put a, I put something on Facebook that said, you know, tell Bill to have a Coke and a, a, Coke and a smile and shut the fuck up. Just like the joke that Richard Pryor said uh, when uh, Eddie told that thing in Raw. But I loved that joke. I really did. I thought it was, and, and, and he did it like a gentleman, but he still did it. And I thought it was great to do it on that platform. Um, you know, if you guys listen to this thing, you know how I feel about Eddie Murphy. I don't think there's anybody else um, more talented in the last 30 years. I mean, just when he walked out, I got the chills when they were chanting Eddie. But the whole thing was funny. Um, and again, I'm not trying to be a dick about the Chris Rock thing, and the, and the, but it's like, let him, you know, it's like, I don't, I get that they were trying to do the generations and he's the... I just would have liked it to have been Eddie a little longer. I thought the sketch... Um, you know what I said about Eddie Murphy? I said everything that he does on screen, other people, no matter how big their part is, everybody else is an extra. When Eddie Murphy is doing something on screen, everybody else is just an extra. And that's just the way that it is. He's that charismatic and the charisma is just it's just oozing through the TV how great he is I love the thing that they did with the family dinner 
where he's like, and I know you guys have your things going on in your life, but we're really happy we could be here as a family together. And then you just see like what it was really like. And he's like, why can't your sister host? And she's like, because her house is a dump, Daniel. He's like, so I got to buy all the food? Oh, hell no. And then it just goes back to, and we're happy that uh, (laughs) so-and-so was able to be here. So funny. Even the last sketch where he was an elf, where he was a black elf at the North Pole, talking about how a bear came in and started eating elves. He committed to that so hard. It was just so funny. And then Gumby, when he called Colin Jost headshot, and he was like, shut up, Michael Shea, you black bass. And he was just, and he's like, I am Gumby. I am Gumby. At one point, he said it three times. He goes, I am Gumby. And he goes, someone light my cigar. And he goes, you, they can't smoke. And he goes, I can do whatever I, and then he's like, I brought this show back. How dare you, Lorne Michaels and NBC? I am Gumby. And then he did Mr. Robinson's Neighborhood. I mean, the whole thing. The whole thing. Velvet Jones on Black Jeopardy was hilarious. I mean, I just, I loved it, man. I loved it. And you always get worried when somebody like that comes back and you think it could be a letdown. I did not think that at all. I had a dinner party and we all sat and people, you know there's going to be a couple people judging, but everybody was like, he's just that good. He's just that good. And a lot of people are saying, I don't know if his stand-up is going to come back. I think it, I think it will. Because I don't think Eddie will put it out if it doesn't. See, that's the thing. Eddie has a lot of people in his corner. A lot of people rooting for him. A lot of people that want to help him. A lot of people that, you know, he can work with. Like a Chappelle and a Rock and a Tracy Morgan could all watch it and, and be with him and go, hey man, do this, do that. Or maybe you should not write it for him, but like just... You know, but I do not think somebody like Eddie Murphy with that legacy, Raw, Delirious, you know, all the hit movies, uh, SNL, I don't think he would ever put something out where people are like, oh, it's all right. I'm sure they'll like it. He would never do that. So I think it will be fantastic. Otherwise, it doesn't come out. Um, and yeah, that's pretty much it, guys. I did my last shows in New York City um, the night before Christmas Eve. Uh, I want to thank Liz over at the Comedy Cellar, um, who's just always fantastic and supportive, to be honest. If you, um, shout out to Liz at the Cellar. Um, you know, Liz is such a staple in comedy and everybody knows her, you could just say Liz. But when you say Liz at the Comedy uh, Cellar, you know, people know. She's for the artist. She's for the, the the art form, I should say. She's always for the comedian. She's just awesome. You know, if she can help in any way, she will. She's just fun. She's, she's great to talk to about comedy. She's just great. So she hit me up and said, hey, do you want to go on the um, holiday show? And then I was like, yeah. And she was like, oh, and I could also add you to the seller show. So I ended up doing the, the holiday show at the Village Underground and the seller. And it was just so fun. I did some holiday material, some new stuff. Um, some new jokes that luckily went over well. Shows were just so fucking fun. Got to hang with uh, Godfrey, Sam Morell, some other comics there that were in town doing the show, and um, it was just a great time. So I'm glad to end the um, you know New York City comedy shows that way for 2019. Obviously, I'm going to be back in a couple of weeks. But um, the last shows I have of 2019, because I am home with my family for New Year's, I am not running around doing any New Year's shows, I'm going to be home because of all the traveling and everything, but the last shows will be this Saturday, guys, I will be 
at Fairfield Comedy Club. It's a small venue, Fairfield, Connecticut, not far from my house, 40 minutes. My buddy who uh, runs New York Comedy Club set it up a while ago. It keeps me home for the holidays. It keeps me local, a 45-minute drive, and... um, and I could run my run my hour. So come out, guys. I got some new jokes. Plus, really worked on some of the um, the jokes that I was working on for the for the hour where I added stuff. So come out to Fairfield. It's gonna be a lot of fun. And I think you guys are gonna really enjoy that. That is on this Saturday, two shows, December twenty eighth. Also check out that uh, club on Friday because my buddy Joe Bartnick is coming in town, and Joe Bartnick will be doing that show, um, doing that club on Friday. And uh, Joe Bartnick will actually be featuring for me Saturday the 28th there. As far as next year, guys, for dates, check paulverzi.com. I got some dates lined up. The January dates that I did have at Levity and Baltimore have been now been moved to March, but the updated uh, dates and showtimes are all on paulverzi.com. Okay? So, um, yeah, and check me out. I'll be posting stuff on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook. By the way, guys, stop with the Instagram and the Facebook and the Twitter during the holidays. Can you put your phone down for fucking five seconds? Okay? What kind of asshole? Who's on the phone yesterday? If you're on your phone yesterday, I mean, I might have looked once or twice real quick, but it might have been on ESPN or something. But, like, if you're, like, scrolling through your phone on Christmas with your family there, you're just a piece of shit. Honestly, just stop it. You got family, you got loved ones, people are pouring glasses of wine. There's, you know, there's desserts or, uh, by the way, there's always too many desserts. It's like you can't do it all. You got to just choose who the best one is and go to it because you can't have cookies and all this and that. But with all that shit there, cakes and cookies and cheesecakes and good conversation and family and this and that, you're going to be sitting there scrolling through. uh, I put two Instagram posts up. In the last little bit. Two or three. Maybe I wanted to show off my pajamas. But like, come on. Get your shit together. Alright? And do the right thing. Put your phone down for the holidays. Be with your loved ones. And there you go, guys. This has been episode 229. I hope you guys enjoyed it. Um, the Verzi Effect numbers are doing fantastic and they keep growing. Please tell a friend. Please write to Unacceptables for TVE. Let me know what guests you want to have on. Let me know who you'd really love to see live because that's something that we're going to be doing in 2020 100%. Um, we're working on the first one right now. And subscribe to the Patreon for $3. And there you have it, guys. You guys are the best. I wish you guys all. I'm going to say, wait a minute. Am I going to be able to do one of these before New Year's? What's today? So, New Year's Eve. No, well, if I unless I did it on um, Monday or Tuesday. Okay, so listen, here's the deal. Yeah, New Year's Day? No, it's not going to work. And Monday. Yeah, I'm going to try to squeeze it in Monday before New Year's Eve, um, but it'll be within that couple of days to see what's going on. That's what I'm going to try to do. All right, guys, uh, I'm out of here. This is the Verzi Effect. Love you guys. Thank you. Tell a friend. Subscribe. Do all that stuff. Rate it in iTunes. Take care.